This is Create the Next from Pro CFO Partners, where every week we explore strategies and ideas for financial management and growth to help today's businesses put their financial picture in context. Hi folks, I'm Chris Bentliff here with Mike Journey from Pro CFO Partners. We're talking about reporting and Mike reporting is a big, vague, vacuous, empty, broad cave of a word. And all of us, I think, go to different ideas about what we mean when we think about reports and the reports that I need to help drive my business or the reports that I look at to give me the most insight that I need at a certain time. Can you help us have a definition from a CFO's perspective? What reports or what is reporting to you when you're trying to put this in context for a leader in a company? Sure. So you're, you're right. Reporting is an awfully big topic. I think a lot of people tend to think of reporting as your basic reports, income statement, balance sheet, statement of cash flows, which is reporting and is required reporting for a lot of companies. But reporting really is the fundamentals around where you get information from the business to help you make decisions about how to move the business forward. So reporting can be those basic statements. Reporting can be forecasting, which is really critical and sometimes not real well understood. Reporting comes from KPIs, both things that have happened in the past, so you can have a benchmark for going forward, and indicators of the things that are happening in your business that help you make decisions to go forward. Now, in my experience, there's a lot of weight put on the KPIs, and there's a lot of focus put on the, here's what happened in the past. But tell me a little bit, you said forecasting can be kind of complex or or difficult. Why is that? Help me understand why forecasting can be such an issue when reporting is concerned. Yeah, no, I think it's it's a good question. So most organizations come up with a budget of some kind, either a very detailed budget or a summary budget. Uh, And then what's really important going forward is to have a forecast that updates what you know, what you learned, and what you think is coming. So if you're a manufacturer that um, distributes any type of good or service, a lot of your revenue is based on when you deliver your product Mm. to the end user. So if you had a budget that assumed you'd have a bunch of orders in the first quarter and for whatever reason, they didn't ship to the second quarter, if you look at your P&L for the first quarter, you're going to say, oh my God, I missed what happened. In order to think about where the business is going, you need to move that revenue projection out of the first quarter into the second quarter. So forecasting based on things you have seen and based on what you know is coming is really important. That's on the revenue side. The expense side is just as important. If you attend events and you decide not to go to an event, which is uh, certainly the case in in this period, you then have to think about whether you can actually go to the event later on. So you don't want to look at your forecast purely based on what the budget said. You want to update it for what you now know so you don't miss something going forward. So what are a lot of leaders getting wrong about the way that they're looking at? What is a chronic issue that comes up as we're not taking into account the changing dynamics of, uh, of what's going to be coming in the future with that forecast? So I think uh, in the case of forecasting, uh, as compared to a budget, not fully understanding the timing of certain things is one. So if you look at your monthly performance against budget and you think you've spent less or you know you've spent less, you may think now that I have those savings where some of that could be timing related or decisions you've made. You may have postponed hiring somebody, but you're going to hire them at a higher level. So you have savings to date because you didn't hire, fill that position. 
but you're going to be over because you've now decided that you're going to spend more on that position going forward. You need to make sure you factor it in there. And often, especially with small companies, they will take the savings they've had to date Mm -hmm. and think it's just going to go for the rest of the year when that's not the case. So we have to think um, more broadly about we, we have a tendency to put into a bucket what we know and not widen that bucket to uh, to more temporal, time-based activities. You know, if we think something didn't happen, it doesn't mean it's not going to happen, and we don't account for that, and then we find ourselves flat-footed. Do you feel like um, there's a place to start with reporting? Like, we all, I think, think that the P&L or the monthly income or revenue, like, there's a certain amount of things that we all think are, this is what I should probably have. Is there a, in your jackknife of, of tools, if you had these things every month at your disposal, this is what you really need. And these are things that too many people are spending a lot of time on that they're interesting, but you don't need them in the same way that you need these other things to help make smart contextual future decisions. Sure. So I, I, I think fundamentally, again, back to definition of reporting, you want to start with an income statement and a balance sheet and a statement of cash flows. In my experience, people tend to over-rely on the income statement and under-rely on the statement of cash flows. I I worked uh, as a CFO of a company a long time ago where revenues kept growing, profits kept growing, but we kept investing in the business. And the owner had no idea why, as we became more successful in a P&L standpoint, we were using more and more cash and actually had to go out and borrow more money. And that disconnect was disconcerting to the CEO the leaders in the organization and the owner. And so put, putting those things together and understanding them in context is critical. But the most important focus, I think, from reporting is on the metrics of the business. Identifying what the most important metrics are to running your business, both the ones that have happened already, historical, and the ones that are leading indicators, that is the most critical area of reporting for a company. Which I think gets into, as we talk about context, reports from other business units or departments, um, like sales reports, uh, management reports, different business units that their activities are feeding the funnels in some ways um, that will drive those things. Do you think that there's, is that often a, a blind spot for leaders as they're looking at a finite things that maybe the CFO delivers, but they're not seeing uh, how sales are being impacted this month versus last month or how we're not meeting our goals or something like that. Is there enough communication throughout an organization so that all the right data points are coming into play? Or is that consistently an issue too? I, I, it can be a blind spot. But one of the things I think the CFO's role is, is to bring those things together. Mm-hmm. I think the CFO provides that value, not just in financial reports and reporting what happened and updating a forecast in a financial world. It's also bringing the sales productivity measures together with marketing productivity measures with uh, manufacturing, if you're a manufacturer, operating unit levels. I think the other thing that's really important is using historical data that you have to predict what's going to happen. So I'll give you an example. Uh, If you are a licensor of software, let's say, looking at renewal rates is incredibly important. Renewal rates by customer count and renewal rates by revenue per month or per user, however you you look at it within the business. That's really important. What's even more important is looking at usage within the customer base 
So the utilization rate of what the customers actually purchase, because now you know whether you have an opportunity or whether you have a problem going forward. So publishing retention rates, renewal rates is really critical in a company. Adding to that is looking at utilization rates, in, in my example, that will help tell you where the business is going. Because if you've sold somebody 200 seat license arrangement nine months ago, and 20 people are using it, you run some real risk that that 200 could go down. Create the Next is brought to you by Pro CFO Partners, who believe every business deserves to work with an expert CFO to guide its success. Pro CFO Partners are expert financial officers networked across industries, verticals, specializations, and situations. Fulfilling the role of a part-time CFO with all-time commitment Pro CFO Partners utilizes the innovative and exclusive FGC financial flywheel as a framework that creates momentum to drive your financial functions for sustainable success. Visit ProCFOPartners.com to explore how we can implement a systematic and scalable financial system to help you achieve your goal. ProCFOPartners.com Now that is fascinating because in my perspective. Every time we have a conversation with a CFO from Pro CFO Partners, um, it's fascinating because there's all these these things that are being dug into that I hadn't expected or thought the CFO would dig into. So what I'm hearing you say is the CFO should have some insight or some perspective on a dashboard that gives these high-level perspectives that might be among things like attrition or among retention and um, and can look and analyze at these things so that while the sales department or even leadership is really excited that we've got 200 users a month. The CFO is saying, yeah, but only 20 of those are active, everybody. And it's going to somewhere that's going to, the rubber is going to hit the road on that and we need to be ready or here's what we need to do, or here's some guidance to share on that. So is that among the responsibilities that the CFO should have is kind of this high level. Let me, let me look at these things. And then do they take a pile of reports to the CEO or to the leaders or do they say, let me distill it for you. Here's what I'm seeing. Here are some suggestions on what we need to do. Yeah, I think the CFO's role is to distill it. I don't think the CFO's role is to take reports that are done elsewhere in the organization, put them into a package and just deliver them. I think putting together a dashboard, and that's a pretty popular word, but a dashboard of key metrics and identifying what the key metrics are and how they're measured. I think that's one of the missing pieces when people think about Metrics is really identifying what should go into it. One, one of the most common uh, metrics that people use, especially in software businesses, is lifetime value of the customer, Yeah, which is a great metric. But the most important thing is actually to figure out how you estimate the lifetime value of the customer. Do you have upsells? What's the cost of acquisition? Do customers use you periodically so they come, they may not renew, but come back some other time? And, and do you have the ability to measure that? Because the ability to win back customers is a key part of the input to the lifetime value. What you measure, I mean, that's, that's, that's pretty gold there and seems elementary, but is in my experience where a lot of companies get stuck. What you measure and how you measure it. And if you can identify those two things from the outset, which is a, a more complex and dynamic conversation than, uh, than what you necessarily think or what jumps to the top of your mind when you think the, C, the CFO can help drive 
my understanding of these things. So if I, if I, if I capture what you shared there, we need as an organization, our leaders to first understand what we need to measure and who all needs to be involved in making those measurements. And the CFO should offer guidance on that. And then how are we going to measure it? And once we have those things consistently, now we can start to not just know what's been going on inside the company, but we can start to forecast appropriately for what we need to be doing differently. For sure. So another example of the CFO bringing this all together is lots of companies like to look at sales productivity metrics. Mm. If you have people on the phone or people out on the street, um, the metrics around how they're doing versus goal uh, in terms of winning new customers. One of the important things though, depending on the nature of your business is whether they're getting leads from marketing. Hmm. So the metrics are going to change if you're cold calling people versus getting warm leads from a marketing organization or from some other source. So back to what I said before about the CFO bringing this all together, you can rely on sales reports or rely on marketing reports but somebody has to bring it together. And as a, as a marketing pro, that really resonates with me because I see sometimes an overinvestment in one thing and an underinvestment in another. For instance, um, sales in a lot of organizations is very well understood. Did we, make, did we sell more things? Did we sell fewer things? Is there more or less opportunity? Are we hitting our targets or not? And and then we'll make some investment in response. Well, we need more training or we need more sales reps or we need whatever. Whereas the, the marketing engine that feeds that, where we'll say cold calling, for instance, is a far more uh, intensive, labor-intensive activity for a salesperson than your marketing department has generated warm leads for you. But that investment is less understood by a lot of companies. The value of that marketing investment is less understood. And so there'll be this lopsided dynamic where... Uh, there's not equal weight being carried by your sales and marketing departments. There's too much weight being carried by sales, which leaves you vulnerable. And you're not investing enough simply because you don't understand the value in the marketing. And I think it's fascinating to hear that your CFO should be equipped to give you some guidance on those things to say, this is, this is too top heavy here and this isn't heavy enough. We need to balance this out. And if we do, here's what we could be seeing as a result of those things. Yeah, I think the CFO can certainly play that role sitting in the nexus of a, of a lot of different places. To build on your example, um, there's lots of measurements of sales productivity, number of calls, number of leads converted. One is talk time so or, or call, call time. So in, in that case, it may not be the most important metric. You, you may set goals on how much you want your salespeople to be talking, but the fact they're talking more doesn't mean they'll be successful, it all depends on what the other metrics are. So mm. again, if they're getting warm leads from marketing, presumably it takes less time. And that, you know, then you drill down into everything like what's your, if, if you're a digital presence, what's your, you know, back to our early example of subscriptions, what's your uh, traffic like on your website every week? What's your exposure to this like and to that like? There are other KPIs inside those business units that feed the larger KPIs that um, that I think speak to the insights you're talking about. And what I see in a lot of organizations is a, sometimes we're focusing on the wrong thing. So we'll t talk time is a great example without having context for why that's important. We'll, we'll drill it into our sales reps or whomever. This is important. We need to be doing this. We need to be doing this. And we'll start to lose the forest for the trees of why that even matters. 
and if it's even the thing we should be spending time on because it turns out emails are more effective than phone calls or whatever and we're not moving in real time enough uh, quickly enough to be able to see the importance of those things and change those things. Do you see that too? Yes, for sure. I think I think the last thing you want as a sales leader and as a CEO of a company is to use talk time for salespeople and have them just make calls and talk to people. What you really want them doing is selling. And how many stories have we ever heard where the system gets manipulated because, well, I can make calls all day and I'm I'm, I'm sure. hitting my incentives or you know I'm 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 doing what I'm supposed to do. I'm doing what you told me to do, boss. I'm making calls, but they're, you know, there's no value behind them or, or whatever. That's right. fascinating. And it's the reason why the, the, the reporting has to fit all together. And the CFO should really be the person who takes all those strands and starts to weave them into a tapestry that makes sense and looks like something practical and actionable. Yeah. And in my experience, that is who's done it. So back to that idea of the dashboard, Mike, there's, I think, a lot of times where we confuse uh, information with insight. And so we can have in front of us a lot of different data points, especially as leaders, talk time, for instance, as we were talking about or whatever, and it's hard to understand what that all means. So where does analysis come into that from the CFO's perspective? How do we start to take those things that aren't just interesting blips on a screen or in our year or in our quarter and make sense of that? Yeah. So what I found uh, often is that people confuse analysis with essentially a data dump, as you said. So if you don't understand why there's a variance in a revenue line or an expense line uh, and you ask somebody in finance, you may get this data dump or printout of, of information that should never be confused with an analysis of what actually happened. Not the list of the things that did happen, but actually why it happened. And, and what can we do to, to fix it or change it or build on it? Variance analysis goes either way. It may be negative, it may be positive. If it's positive, you want to build on it. I think that confusion happens a lot. What's the outcome? What's the risk there? What if we do confuse that and we don't get it right? Well, there's a couple of things. One is you really don't understand it uh, because you haven't had somebody actually analyze it for you. So you look at it and you, you are like a deer in the headlights. Mm-hmm. Uh, the other is that if, if you don't understand the why, you can't actually make decisions about how you move forward. That's a powerful statement. I think it's a good place for us to end today's conversation. Mike Durney from ProCFO Partners, thanks so much for spending time today with us talking about reporting. Fascinating stuff. Chris, thanks so much for your time. Appreciate it. Thanks for listening. And a special thanks to our subscribers. Consider becoming one today. Visit ProCFOPartners.com and learn how we can help you build a framework for financial management and growth.